This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to The Alter Tapes. It's a weekly podcast where we watch an alter short, and then there's a rotating series of co-hosts. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined by the one and only Jazz Crawley. Hello! Hey! (laughs) So we are here to talk about The Dinner Party, which is written and directed by Maddie Crawford. I'm going to do a logline, and then I'm going to punt it over to you because this was your pick, so I want to hear your first thoughts. But uh, yeah, this short is a grief-stricken Angela, who is played by Lucy Doyle, visits her parents Sue, Joanna Brooks, and David, John Ram, for what at first seems to be a routine family dinner, only for a painful truth to bubble to the surface, descending the evening into a nightmare. Oh my god, that sounds terrifying as hell, but also, (laughs) yes. So, um, I bothered Joe and picked this movie by accident, not by accident, but I stumbled across this by Mm -hmm. accident, and you know how you're watching something and you're not paying attention for real? That was me. I'm like, oh, I already took the notes, but I kept looking up at this movie, Mm. and I was like, now hold on, let me just go ahead and rewind it, because this movie starts, and of course we're going to spoil it, guys, it's about what, Mm -hmm. 12 minutes? Is it 12 minutes? Yeah, yeah. So they're at this dinner table, but they end up somehow outside in the rain in an accident, but back at the dinner table. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a mind fuck a little bit. I was thoroughly entertained, although it's a story you've kind of seen before. You've seen a purgatory situation. You, You know, she's in hell, clearly. (laughs) <laughs> clearly this is as not as above so below but you know there whatever insert genre of movies people being groundhogs day in hell where they right. have to keep repeating things because of guilt grief not letting go or something they did in their past that has them fucked up and stuck here or sometimes it's just a fucking curse um they yeah. just fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is just that yeah <laughs> yeah this is an interesting one because i feel like in features we're all getting a little bit mm, i don't want to say tired out but i think we're seeing a lot of metaphor horror movies right like oh this monster is about grief oh this is actually about divorce or something like that and i feel like that plays a lot better here as a short because this is only 12 minutes so it's a fairly simple story but it works well particularly when you factor in the visuals right yes it looks like the lights the rain and then also the acting choices not even just acting choices but clearly the writing because Mm -hmm. you know of course we're in hell oh they're gonna repeat themselves and someone's gonna smile creepily blah 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 but in this case you're seeing little things out of order that don't seem normal like the bleeding well not bleeding of a tablecloth but wine that's coming it looks like wine or blood that's coming Mm -hmm. out of the tablecloth but it's clearly not connected to the glass so it wasn't because she spilled it so you see that she sees it's off we know it's off the parents are calling her a different name they're Mm -hmm. laughing out of nowhere they're slamming their head down like peter did on that desk i'm surprised (laughs) my man's nose was not broken yep it also reminds me of hereditary because i love hereditary 
Mm-hmm. And the car, because it's like, oh, wow, you end up realizing that it's the same situation where a sibling killed another sibling and the aftermath of you sitting with your parents after that. Because how yes. do you take that? How is that supposed to go? Is it going to go like orphan first kill? <laughs> where we kind of cover it up or is it gonna go like hereditary where you're getting cussed out over the dinner rolls yep this is leading toward getting cussed out over the dinner rolls a little bit yeah i think one of the things that worked the best about the short for me is that we are seeing these dinner scenes and they're I don't think surreal is the right word, but they're definitely uncomfortable. Like her parents are behaving strange from the jump. So Angela walks in. We immediately see that there's a picture of her with this other girl. And you kind of know the jig is up, right? Like something about that picture and the way that the parents are, are acting and the fact that they... They're walking on eggshells, so you know that something has happened or you're just trying to put the pieces together. But I loved all those moments at the dinner table where the parents are being confrontational and passive aggressive, but they're also not entirely making sense. Yes, they're not always making sense. Like the dad switches back and forth. I wonder Mm -hmm. if this is like a metaphor for how people handle grief or handle these situations. Yeah. Because he's literally like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. If you asked him how work was going, he was like, well, funny you say that. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, what? You about to just jump into this conversation and the the mom is like, girl, why the fuck did you come here? Bitch, I wish it... When she said, God, I wish it was you, I said, oh, no. You can't take that back. What That is out already. You can't put that back in your mouth. You... Mm -hmm. They, you can't live that down as a parent saying that to the child even if the child did fuck up like I, they clearly feel guilty about it that's why they don't want to talk about it it's hard for them to confront it but I mm-hmm. mean she lost a child I mean dads I'm sure have ties to their children but um, you know people who carry the child you know they're going to have right. that connection because they had to carry the child so they're like oh my like literally my baby i carry mm-hmm. this baby and you it was you you killed the baby you killer you murderer although girl i was your baby too <laughs> what are you, <laughs> you talking she literally was like i'm not talking about the fucking dinner when she said that my Ooh. mouth was my jaw was in hell i said oh my goodness <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun because these parents are so unassuming, right? They're very straightforward, just kind of middle to upper class white folks. They look prim and proper. They're behaving normally up to a point. And then, yeah, every once in a while, they just kind of slip into this really mean-spirited, really vulgar. It's like what we see in possession films where it's like, oh, my God, little Johnny would never say that. And now he's cussing out a priest. And you think, "Woo, shit, here we go. It's the demons. But you know what? You're right. It's the demons because it it's not even just a regular purgatory movie, which it, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. But I love this transition because, of course, we can't always reinvent the wheel. This is the same no. wheel, but there were interesting things like the visuals you were talking about. One of them is that instant car crash in the house, like the impact of her hitting the wall, mm-hmm. the mirrors splashing, the glass, the blood just trickling down immediately. It was so sudden. And it does give a little bit of surrealism once we get into that portion. Not the dinner table so much like you were saying, but maybe it kind of eases its way into the surrealism so it's like it makes sense or maybe you know it's a dream that starts off normal and then gets more and more bonkers as you go because Mm -hmm. it's like okay now it's car crash now the car crash is on the wall those pictures were clearly not on the wall because we zoomed Mm -hmm. in on them in the beginning now we're outside okay now we're in the rain in the car and lauren her sister is in the car like what am i doing here now Mm -hmm. lauren cussing her the fuck out and she's clearly pazuzu i don't know what's going on with that (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the long and short of the short <laughs> is Angela was in a car crash with her sister, Lauren, who was played by Fern Deacon, and Lauren ended up dying. And everything that we're seeing at this table is Angela's first attempt to come back to a family dinner. So the introduction where she comes in and she hasn't been there in a while, that's real. And then she's basically struggling with all of her guilt and all of her shame. And she's projecting everything that she feels onto her parents, which is why they're reacting so meanly. But then she's also reliving the car accident. And we see that visualized in Yes, like moments where uh, the dad smashes his head onto the table and when she gets knocked back against the wall. And those moments are so confronting because we don't understand, like we have an idea that it was probably a car accident or that that's the sister and where's the sister now? Why isn't she here? So on, so on. But when it happens, it's still these outbursts of violence that you're just not ready for. And they're really effective at just upsetting the whole balance of the short. Yes, I definitely agree. Also, it's because it's not expected, it doesn't fall into that cliche of this metaphor movie is doing the same thing that all the other metaphor movies are doing. It's mm -hmm. not relying on that metaphor as a support beam right. to be like, great. It's like, no, we're going to give you these visuals. We're going to do something interesting with our choices because that could have happened slowly in a dream in slow motion when it had that same impact. Or they could have mm -hmm. flashed back like a lot of movies do. They just right. flash back. No, we're going to integrate this accident into this setting because that's where I guess that's where it's happening she, if she's in her head then now we're going to mix the two and that mm -hmm. means the realism makes well not the realism the surrealism is a perfect choice for this because you're st kind of stuck in between two worlds you're living in yeah. your head your projections and your guilt but then on the outside they just eating dinner at the table I don't even think the mm -hmm. chicken is on her plate <laughs> when they show it because I think they didn't even serve it to her they knew she was mm -hmm. vegetarian but in when you thinking about it before they gave her the chicken also yep. it's still kind of fucked up that I came over here and y'all made this motherfucking chicken <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, like you you know that that's Lauren's favorite why, why the fuck you gonna come on dog y'all could have made a fish <laughs> you could have made something else but all of those moments, I don't think are actually happening. Because as you said, I think when she comes in, when she sits down, that's all real. But then everything that we see at the table, all the food, all of the passive aggressive slash aggressive comments, everything to do with the car accident, you know, integrating in, I think that's all just going on in Angela's overactive, guilt-ridden imagination. And then the final moment of the film when the parents are like, hey, are you okay? And there's no food on the plate. It's like, oh, and now we're back in reality and the dinner just continues. Yes. Okay. So yes, I feel like that last moment is real, mm -hmm. but I think that's where I'm like, oh, they did. They still cook it because they played. So I had the chicken on it. That was like, oh, did no, they? Okay. They I think they <laughs> played. It was, the, it was a little round potatoes. It was a little leafy green salad. Mm -hmm. I was like, because I don't know what dinner it was. Because I don't know what it is about movies and food. For me, the food is always like it look. It would look appetizing in a magazine, but that's right. not how the food would be served mm -mm. to you. I'm like, okay, ain't no sauce in that. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I think it's just because it has to photograph well, right? Like mm -hmm. no one's actually eating anything, so they just need to make sure it looks good. But then you're like, well, where's all the sauces? Where's the spices? How come no one ever adds salt to anything? 
Listen, there. I'm like, then there's not a single seasoning on this drink. All right, mm. well, that's all right. You know, I don't live there. Angela does. She's not eating the chicken anyway. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't live there. She's visiting because right. her mom says she ain't go to the funeral. So I'm like, bitch, Ooh. you didn't go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, okay. Now, to be fair, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to be empathetic. If I killed someone, right, right, even if it was an accident. I don't know that I should be at the funeral. I don't mm. know if that's a good... Now, I'm not sure if it was a sibling, because if it's someone else, you definitely not going to the funeral. No, no. Girl, their parents going to beat your ass on sight. <laughs> on sight. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. You monster. But um, here, it's her own parents, and it's yeah. her sister. I'm like, girl, you should have went to the... There. Yeah. I would have went to the wake and looked at the body, but I don't know if I would have went into the funeral portion for real, for mm. real. Um, or maybe just met at the grave when he was putting her in the ground and walked away. And I was like, all right, gotta go. You gotta ride in a separate car, sis. You can't even ride with your mom and daddy. That's that car, the tension, the tension would suffocate you. Oof. I mean, it's funny, right? We did have portions of this conversation when we talked about hereditary on horror queers. And I think we even debated, ooh, what does the Alex Wolf character do in that situation? Like he is directly respond well, directly, and also we we decided not to just exclusively pass blame on him. We wanted to talk about Tony Collette's Annie and so on, but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, he's still the guy who killed his sister. And then what? You go to the funeral, you go to the wake, you go to family dinners, and everybody's just like, "So, how's life after killing your sister?" <laughs> Yeah, and they're also with. They're not even talking to you. They're probably whispering, mm. my "Fucking cousin!" I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's fucked up. I don't know if they have cousins because of that. Well, probably on the dad's side because right. uh, he has a normal life. <laughs> but yeah, it's the you can't even just integrate back into life. Mm-hmm. And the, even still, they that's their daughter, and then the knitter. You could feel the tension, although they're not being mm-hmm. mean to her. But you, she probably could feel it. Them looks. Right. I know they looking at her and slicing her open with their eyes. I know they are. Yeah, and and even if they weren't, like even if you want to say, okay, none of this is actually happening. It is just in Angela's head. The fact that she would think that of her parents, like the fact that she thinks her mother not just blames her, but wishes she had died instead. Like, that is so much self-hatred that is playing out on this loop in your mind. It's no wonder she didn't go to the funeral. She fucking hates herself. Yeah, I think she feel worse about herself than her parents do. Because mm-hmm. her parents probably understand that at the end of the day, yes, it's sad, but it was an accident. It wasn't right. even on some, like oh, you drugged her or you beat her up. Like, not mm-hmm. like orphan first kill. Well, no, this was violence. <laughs> no, this was a car accident. Anyone. it uh, You could harm, hurt, hurt yourself. And sometimes we all slip up when nobody's perfect, you know? Sure. So uh, accidents can happen at any point. So she really is like, why didn't I swerve mm-hmm. less? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I, you know, do this all to get away from our parents? Girl, it don't matter why you was driving. That's not the reason why the car crashed. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. She well, needs therapy. We see what the weather looks like. It's a torrential downpour. I mean, not only are you struggling with survivor's guilt, but it looks, I mean, I was about to say, oh, it looks like the accident is justified, but it looks like you had a very serious accident in very bad weather. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, visibility, it was nighttime. Girl, again, accidents, but she's not probably not thinking like that. She's probably Mm. like, I killed my sister. Everyone hates me. I hate me too. I'm I'm just here. 
So yeah. I'm like, oh damn, because when they at the end, she literally goes to this whole demon fight and everything, mm-hmm. right? Comes back in from the ray after defeating the demon. Like, bitch, you're not my sister. You can't, you know, you can't even come out here. She goes in, she's bloody, but then when they look at her again, she's not. She's normal. Mm-hmm. They ask if she's okay. Her dad asks, "Are you okay?" And she says, "No." And I'm like, "Yes, thank yes. you." <laughs> Thank you. Now we're ready for therapy. Yes. <laughs> Please. Because I'm like, if you said this stuff out loud to your mama, your mama would start crying. But like, do you think I hate you that bad? Mm-hmm. Girl. I hopefully not. the answer's no. <laughs> I, girl, I hope so. Because, um, you know, the thing is, some parents don't fuck with their kids, even if they didn't do that. Right. So I'm like, I don't know. Some parents would be awful, but also they invited you to dinner. They still exactly. wanted you to come back. They keep mm-hmm. inviting you and you keep you keep canceling. It's yes. you. It's not and they don't stop inviting they never stop inviting you. Although mm-hmm. you didn't go to the funeral. <sighs> yeah, I, I almost wish that that moment I wish we could have seen it play out in real life and not just in Angela's head because it's not that I feel owed an explanation about how the mother actually feels but I was curious you know I I think a lot of this is Angela being very very hard on herself but if she truly did not go to the funeral I kind of want to know how the parents feel about that I don't think they're fucking with that I feel like they're but they're not trying to bring it up because I think they're still walking on eggshells because they it I feel like it's clear they love their daughter enough where they don't want to hurt her feelings Mm -hmm. like because if they really didn't fuck with you they again they would have cussed you out like Tony Collette with them dinner rolls you (laughs) would have you would have they would have you would have heard it they didn't even do that to you that was in your head you Mm -hmm. made that up you think that's about to happen they're halfway through the dinner and they're just like are you okay what's going on um, and now you can talk to that lady. That's what we say. There, go talk to that lady. Go talk yep. to the person. We've got her on speed dial. We've already booked you an appointment. You're going to go. <laughs> go ahead. Fill out your paperwork right now. You're covered. <laughs> you have insurance. Let's go. Thanks. Yeah, you're on the family plan. You're good. <laughs> yes. But I think that's the beginning of her getting help. But also, I yeah. feel like it's a great visual of what goes on in people's head when they project things and mm-hmm. when they feel guilty for things. Because sometimes it doesn't even have to be as extreme as you causing someone's death. Right. You know, it could be something as maybe an accident where you total somebody else's car. Or mm-hmm. Maybe you some kids feel guilty because maybe they called their mama and their mama got fired or laid off. And now they think that, oh, I, I did it because I called the job. Or right. no, her boss is an asshole. Girl, that's that's what's going on. Like you know, especially younger people, it's easy to really blame themselves and blame themselves. I don't know how young she is. She's old enough, I guess, to have alcohol, but she's not. It doesn't look like they're in the states, so maybe she could even be nineteen. You know, twenty. She could be. She seems young. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of read it as either end of high school or early college because if she's not living with her parents, then she Mm -hmm. has to have somewhere else. So I kind of default assume that. Yeah, she didn't live with them, so she's probably 19, 20, 21, or something like that. Yeah, definitely under 24. I feel like under 24. (laughs) Exactly 24. (laughs) I just turned 24, but the sister seemed like she was in high school. Yeah. Because she's Mm -hmm. like, why does it hurt? If you are, well, I don't know if that's actually what happened, but she is replaying (laughs) it. I feel like. I wonder if her sister really does. Where am I? Why does it hurt? That's mm-hmm. so scary. It is. And that's your baby sister. And you're probably like, oh, no, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's really important that it's her younger sister and not like an older sister or something like that. 
which I think you could still get away with this story. Mm-hmm. Like you could still tell it this way, but I do think it's more effective to have an older sibling feeling that much more responsible for a younger one. Yes. Yes. Cause you know, there's always a saying the oldest daughter has like mm-hmm. a certain, like there's a certain feel because they had to be the, they always have to be the mom figure. They right. And they're the first rodeo show also. So like, you know, the first kid, the parents be real like rough because one, they don't, they usually don't have as much patience because they're usually mm-hmm. younger and they're doing it for the first time. So they're going to do a lot of things wrong versus the second time where they might know what to expect. It's going to be a completely different experience. So right. the older daughter is like, I'm the second mom and all the older daughters I know, including my older sister, she's the second mom. Like, mm-hmm. all right, we need to get everybody stuff for school. That's her. <laughs> What's going on? I called such a it's always them so yeah. i feel like she has this like wow she almost might feel like wow kill my own kid it's <laughs> like almost <laughs> like that well i killed my baby but also right. when you're an older sibling your younger siblings I, those are your babies like my little brother is i'm he's a grown man he will be 30 i think yeah oh 30. <laughs> he will be 30 in january and i'm like that's my baby brother that's a baby right <laughs> And my older sister did it to me. I was like 25 one time. And she was like, every time I look at you, I just remember you having a puff ball and you being seven. I right. was like, what? what? Girl, I'm grown. You're seven. No. Yeah. You you will perpetually be the younger sibling and or the child forever. Yes. So I, she definitely feels like that. I feel like she's just like, oh, no. Like that dialogue from her little sister definitely supported that to me. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned the car accident where we're talking about how the younger sister Lauren reacts during it. I, you know, for the most part, I was kind of like, okay, this is interesting. It's good. It's like, I really like the visuals of how she looks at something and it doesn't quite make sense. Like you said, with the wine glass and the, is that wine? Is that blood? What's going on? Like, I think those sequences are particularly well shot to entice us, you know, to lead us into the mystery. But then I was not expecting the car crash scene to actually play out the way it does. And it almost goes into, I, I was thinking, it reminded me of Evil Dead. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Especially for me, Evil Dead 2013. Mm-hmm. Specifically. The outside, the woman with the dark hair standing over the other person while it's raining. And then they turn normal, but then they're not normal. And they're yeah. like, ha ha ha. And then you kill the demon and yeah. the rain's coming down and you're covered in blood. She's not really covered in blood, but but she is bloody. Yes, it definitely gives Evil Dead 2013 for me. I was like, oh yeah. It's giving me a It's an interesting beat though, right? Like so much of the short is about this dinner where the parents are acting oddly and and there are those sporadic moments of violence, but then we get this and it's a s- sustained kind of interaction between the two sisters and i really wasn't the sister to have this kind of demon like i didn't think there was going to be a demon or a possession in this movie it didn't seem like that kind of short and i ended up really liking it just as something different to kind of shake things up in the last couple of minutes yes and this is why one of the reasons why i rewinded it because i was watching it again i was like they had a dinner okay mm-hmm. the dinners get a little crunk <laughs> and then i'm like i look up and i'm like this is, i pause like this is the same short Mm-hmm. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. I was like, this is a demon? And then I was like, no, I got to see what the hell happened. I, st- I paused my Sims. And y'all know I love the Sims. Okay. I paused the Sims. <laughs> God, you and the Sims. <laughs> 
it's so i'm gonna play right after this recording i <laughs> i paused and was like no let me watch this movie and i was like oh that's why i was like as soon as i finished it, i was like hey joe Mm-hmm. This one. Here's the link. <laughs> I'm sending it to you. We're already yeah. doing it. It's on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, I I just hit the eyeballs. I was like, please, please say yes, please say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the other success of this short is that it's 12 minutes, as you said. Yes. So even though it's not super novel in terms of breaking new ground. Like we've seen stories like this before, but I think the way it's told with the kind of integration of the violence and these flashbacks, purgatory perspectives, and then 12 minutes and you're done and we're just ready to go. Like, I think it's very, very well timed. Yes. I think the time and the pacing, it feels like a solid, like that 12 minutes is short, but Mm -hmm. it, it feels like, no, that was, oh, that was memorable. I think it was, I don't know. I've really enjoyed this, but I do not want it to be a full feature. <laughs> I don't, no. I don't no. want it. I was like, no, it's, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is I fine. don't think it would be sustainable in a longer format. Like sometimes I've had conversations with other folks on the pod and been, you know, ooh, just give me five extra minutes. Give me 10 extra minutes. I don't think this needs it. I think this short knows exactly the story it's trying to tell. And that took 12 minutes and then we're done. Exactly. And I think something about shorts, they have rewatchability because, mm-hmm. oh, I can throw this on for 12, 12 minutes. Everyone, well, not everyone has 12 minutes, but <laughs> most people over two hours or at least 80 minutes, you have yes. 12. You yeah. know, that's again, that's how I stumbled across this. I watched another short that was like 10 minutes and then I just stumbled into the next one. It's easy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you can keep watching them like this. But I want more people to watch shorts. I know this is why we have the podcast, but also yeah. <laughs> I think way more people need to get into short films because you're missing out on little gems like Absolutely. this. And this could spark better ideas because it it's not scary, but mm-hmm. it's dreadful. Yeah. Th- that feeling of dread and depression and like it's heavy and it's dark. The themes are dark yes. and the violence involved is, you know, what makes it horror or horrific and i'm like Mm -hmm. these little things we can add this to some dramas and get us like a little bit of more horror i'm always voting for more horror okay (laughs) in that drama show show us a little of the gore give us a little a boom come on give us more (laughs) yeah and and you're right this hits hard with what it's doing and that's what makes it memorable so yeah, I mean, for me, this is this is a definite yes. I definitely think that people should check this out because it's just very well done. Yes, it is. It looks good. The acting is great. Again, especially with the dialogue, because you'll have a sudden, yeah, so what's going? Sobbing. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's believable. <laughs> it's so abrupt. <laughs> it's a lot of sobbing. There's a yes. lot of sobbing. <laughs> or the what the fuck? Or girl, I don't give a fuck about that. When mom said, I, 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 you're always thinking about yourself. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Ooh. And then when the dad said, what you trying to do this so you can feel less guilty? I said, ooh. Yep. I said, all right, all right. It's time for everyone to step away from the table. Yes. And call the family therapist immediately. <laughs> like Take emergency. <laughs> emergency meeting right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love this film. I like, and I mean love, like, no. I, and I'm like, I'm not into the psychological, because this would fall under like a psychological thriller. Yeah. And I don't like, that's one of my least favorite horror subgenres. It is. Oh, but okay. this year, 
this year. I've gotten into quite a few little thrillers that I like. That one, I did watch Red Eye. That was a great time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that's a thriller. But I'm like, no, this was this was good. Right. And it's a horror movie. Thrillers are horror movies, guys. Don't care what y'all say. Truly, yes, they are. But I was like, um, maybe I might like thrillers. I just yeah. didn't like. I didn't have the right ones. Always. Okay. It's one of those things where if you don't think you like something, it probably, well, it maybe means that you haven't found the ones that you like yet. And it's hard, right? When we don't have a lot of time and you don't want to dedicate, you know, what little you do have to watching something that you're not sure if you're going to like. But I think particularly stuff like this, right, where people can recommend, hey, I know this isn't really your bag, but this is 12 minutes. It's 86 minutes. It's blah, blah, blah. Give it a shot. I think you might like it. Yeah, especially for a 12 minute runtime. I think shorts are the best like segue in the subgenres mm-hmm. because then you don't, you can get it like a, you get a spoonful. Who wants a whole big ass king cup of peach frozen yogurt if you ain't never tried it? Well, if you take a spoon, you don't like it. Now you got this big ass cup mm-hmm. <laughs> that you don't want versus let me get the tiny cup. And if I'm going to eat it, mm, I don't want another cup. Exactly. That's, that was enough. That was But enough. at least you tried it. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> Alter is. It's like the, the tiny little yogurt cups of horror. And you there just take a bite. And it's like, okay, I want more of this, more of that. I love it. Also, Alter, you can't use that. We're copywriting that. If you want to use it, you got to pay us. Yeah. I, y- <laughs> y'all can't see me, but I have the little, my fingers are the doing the money thing where you're, right. you're thumbing through the checks. That is me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cut us the check. Now. <laughs> all right well jazz if people want to talk about the dinner after with you how would they get in touch um if they want to pull up on me i'm everywhere that's well not everywhere i don't know how to use instagram friends i'm very sorry (laughs) please go to twitter and i don't care it's x it's twitter go to twitter and girl that's scary anywhere or grltspod at gmail.com and i'll be glad to talk to you about all kinds of horror stuff there we go there we go and I can be reached at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, uh, even though the Alter Tapes has its own feed, we will thank our podcast network, The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad, for hosting the show. But uh, yeah, Jazz, I think that is it for us this week. But uh, folks should tune in next week, and there will be new co hosts and a new short. Exactly. Till next time, y'all. Bye. The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.